is episode 188 of the Coaching for Pastors podcast. Hey, my friend, happy Tuesday. It is election day in the United States, and we talked yesterday about, you know, not focusing in the wrong place. And today I want to focus us on ministry. A crucible is literally a ceramic or metal container in which metals or or other substances can be melted or subjected to very high temperatures, as in the crucible tipped and the mold filled with liquid metal. But another meaning for crucible is a situation of severe trial. Like uh, the, the phrase, their relationship was forged in the crucible of war. Well, this book that I have by uh, Sherwood Lingenfelter is called Leadership in the Way of the Cross. Hmm. What kind of leadership is that? In the Way of the Cross. Gives you an idea. The subtitle is Forging Ministry from the Crucible of Crisis. Crisis itself is a crucible. And a crucible is crisis. Forging ministry from the crucible of crisis. In this book, here's what he writes. Now, last week, we just talked about ministry. We talked about how we live through this thing called ministry as pastors in, in a very broad sense. Got kind of the whole week, we, we just talked about how we viewed our ministry, how we were managing and handling our ministry and how we were surviving or, and or thriving in our ministry. And in this book, in a chapter entitled Default Habits and Missing God's Priorities, Sherwood Lingenfelter, he writes this, and he's coming from Hebrews chapter 10. He says, when our relationship to God is weakened or occasional, we depend more and more upon ourselves and less upon God. Oh, man, I I know that's true. Pastor, you know, people think that we're these uh, perfect exemplars of spirituality, when in reality we struggle, we struggle to walk that line with God, to have a vibrant relationship with God on the stage of the ministry, to just ourselves have a walk with God that is true and pure and clean and he says, when, when our relationship to God is weakened, or if it's just occasional, we end up depending more and more on ourselves. We're doing ministry in the flesh, as I mentioned last week, and less and less upon God. We're not depending on him. Then he writes this, so many of the leaders in our study have confessed that the intense workload of ministry has separated them from God, crushed their spiritual intimacy, and often left them in a barren spiritual wilderness. Oh my goodness. I mean, we did not get into ministry to be in a situation where we're in a barren spiritual wilderness. But sometimes that happens. And he says, once separated from God, the second command here in Hebrews 10.22, to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, it just becomes an intellectual exercise in preparation for preaching and teaching without the passion and joy 
that flows from an intimate walk with God. Having been trained well, he goes on, we may still be effective in doing the work of ministry, but the broken people that God brings to our congregation and to our teams, they make a mess of things. And we end up, because we're in the flesh, we end up resorting to command and control leadership. And my friend, that kind of leadership never really goes very far. And it often doesn't end well. We have to have the kind of leadership where we are literally leading out of an overflow in our relationship with God. And he goes on on page 21 in this book, Lingenfelter does, to say, our relationship with God is the core of our calling. And we do ministry as a means to bring other people into a deeper relationship with God. When we do ministry for its own sake, it is idolatry. And God takes no pleasure in our offerings or our sacrifices. Wow, I think that really says a lot right there. When we do ministry for its own sake, and he says, our relationship with God is the core of our calling. And we do ministry as a means to bring other people into a deeper relationship with God, like we are in a deep relationship with God. So pastor, why do you do ministry? Do you do ministry because it's what you do? You've always done ministry. We have services because we have services. And you preach a message because you have to preach a message. And so you get up a message. You get a message together and you preach the message. You talk to people, you shake hands, you interact, you do the work of ministry. And again, I'll read this statement. Our relationship with God is the core of our calling. Pastor, there's a spot that I sit in my downstairs, and I've sat there, and it's my spot to talk with God. And man, I tell you, it is work. It is work. It gets easier and it gets more rewarding, but it is work to turn off the vocational part of our brain that sees our ministry as something that we do and simply just sit to be with God and to allow the power of the Spirit into our lives and the power of the Spirit to work through our lives into the lives of others. Pastor, I just want to encourage you today. Um, it's hard. It's, it's hard to be authentic and genuine and real. It's hard to be the real McCoy when it comes to walking with God and walking in ministry at the same time. And to say that it's not is a lie. And just because we get good at it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't take a uh, some managing of tension and some kind of a balancing act to at the same time be ministering to people and to be carrying on the work of ministry while also having a soft heart of of love toward God and a soft heart of love toward other people and a committed spirit and heart of teaching God's word and getting the truth of God's word to change the lives of our people. There's a lot there, Pastor. You know that there is. Uh, but today, I want to just remind you that our relationship with God is the core of our calling. How's the core of your calling doing? How's it doing? 
Invest some time intentionally today in your relationship with God, the core of your calling. And I'll be back tomorrow on the Coaching for Pastors podcast. I hope you have a great day.